0: How I mean, y'all know who wrote Proverbs? King Solomon, who's considered the wisest man ever, wrote the book of Proverbs. So I'm going to start in Proverbs 1 today as we finish up part 4 of our series. And it says These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them to do what is right. What is just, what is fair, these Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. And let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. And by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and these parables, the words of the wise and the riddles, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But the fool despises wisdom and discipline. And so we're talking about fools, and we're talking about the wise. And so we're covering a little bit of both sides of that. And uh, we've been talking about the last four weeks, how if you ask somebody, are you wise? And they they might say yes, or or they might say, well, I'm not wise, but I'm not a fool either. But then you'll ask people, say, well, are you a fool? And nobody raises their hand, because nobody thinks they're foolish. Nobody wants to be the fool. Nobody wants to play the fool. Nobody wants to do that. because, And so when we read our Bible, we read it through the perspective and the vision of, through our own, our own sight of that we are not the fool. And so we read through Proverbs and we skim through it. And instead of receiving instruction and receiving the parables and receiving what God wants to tell us, we just skim through that and say, well, that's not me. Has anybody ever done that? I've done that. Uh, Oh, that's not me. I'm not a fool. Surely not. Or surely you (laughs) jest. I'm not a fool. But when we read it close, we can all see we're in different areas of our lives. We've all played the fool. In different areas of our lives, we've all fallen short. I've said over the last four weeks that, you know, you may have all your finances together. You may have a good education. You may have a good job. But when it comes to men, you might be a fool. Or when it comes to women, you might be a fool. And there's different areas of our life. We have it all together. And because we have five or six areas in our life together, we think we have it all together. When in reality, if we really took a sincere look at our lives and grasped, what God is telling us, we really do not have everything together. And so we've been covering different areas of our life where you can be the fool. And we've talked about how you might be a redneck if, and so this series is you might be a fool if. And so I want you to open with me to Proverbs 1, and through 33 real quick. It says, there's this lady that's being used as an example, and she's She's crying out, and she's she's giving a picture of wisdom in the streets, calling out and begging for people to listen, but most people are not. She's saying, just listen to me. Listen to what I have to say. And she's begging for them to listen to her. And she promises to make them wise, but time and time again, they ignore her. Have you ever given anybody advice, and and you're trying to give them good, godly advice, and they, they just ignore you? Well, the same thing is happening here. And she promises to make them wise again and again. And she goes, I tried, but you did not listen. Now we, you are in trouble, and I won't be there to help you. You will search for me in the storm, and I won't be there. You will eat the bitter fruit of living your own way, choking on your own schemes. Schemes. Schemes, wow. Schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Listen to the scripture with me. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by the fear of harm. So many times in our life we're destroyed by complacency, thinking the way that we live is okay, thinking the way we go around, it's, it's okay. But Proverbs tells us all the difference. It tells us something so different, that living complacent, living the way you've always lived, is not what you should do. But there's something higher that you can strive for. There's something better that you can reach for. And so this week, we're going to cover four characteristics of a fool. You're a fool if, number one, we find it in Proverbs 29, 11, if you vent your anger. It says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back you're a fool if you vent your anger. Have you ever met anybody who just vents? They, they have to vent. They have to exclaim, well, I'm mad. This I cannot believe so-and-so did this to me. I am just mad, and it's bad. And, you know, it seems necessary to vent. It seems justified to vent. But the Word of God truly says a fool vents their anger. And I know what you're thinking, well, I'm not hang- angry, Pastor, I'm really not, I'm just hurt. We, we make excuses for ourselves. I'm not angry. Let's get quiet in here today. I, I'm not angry. I'm not, I'm not really mad at them. I'm just, I'm just hurt. And I just need someone to talk to about it. I just need to vent to somebody else. But that's that's not what the Bible tells us. In fact, the International Standard Version says the fool vents all of his feelings, but the wise person keeps them to himself. God's Words Translation says a fool expresses all of his emotions, but a wise person controls them. How can the wise man do this while the fool cannot? It's very simple. A fool doesn't have to tell everything. A fool doesn't have to vent anger a fool remains quiet now there, there are godly ways that you can you can get this out of your life and we're going to go into that because it's hard you, you you ever felt like you're a pressure cooker and just you just don't understand i've been having patience with this person for so long and you can hear the early warning signs you know pressure cookers building up steam and you can see the steam in my pressure cooker, it builds up steam, and then all of a sudden it locks. And when it locks, it just builds pressure and builds pressure and builds pressure. And there becomes a place where that pressure cooker is unsafe, because it doesn't know how to release steam properly. And if I don't watch the pressure cooker right, and I don't watch the pressure that it's built up to uh, on the pressure cooker, before I know it, that pressure cooker can explode. In fact, Gerard tells a story, and I'm sorry, I'm calling you out today, of when he was working at Taco Bell as a teenager. And their job every night was to set the pressure cooker at Taco Bell for the beans. And they'd pressure cook them all night long. And so they'd set it, they'd propel it, and they'd forget it, and they'd walk away. But one night, they didn't put the lid on right. And the next morning, they all get to work. And there's a hole through the ceiling of Taco Bell. And there are beans everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. And they all get fired. Because they didn't know how to put the lid on properly. And it caused an explosion. Uh, But there's certain things we can do. We can put the lid on right. And we can vent the right way to God instead of everybody else. And we can allow him to, him to transform us and him to do the miracle in our life. And it's not a messy happenstance or a messy occasion where everybody gets fired and everybody's cleaning up a mess. There are three, three ways we deal with anger. First of all, we can repress it. And that, that's what we do is we, we repress it. We, kinda, we find something to hide it in. Or we we dig a we dig a hole and we bury it alive and we think that it'll never come back to haunt us and and we forget about it but it's still there in our heart and we we hold on to it and we just bury it there. But there's that one day where the lid wasn't put on right and it causes an explosion in us and we don't even we had all these problems over the years that we just put in and we just buried them. And they come back and they cause us problems. Or we can suppress it. We try to hide it, but we continue to let it fester. And then before you know, you've got these problems inside of you festering up and stuff becomes rotten and it begins to stink and, 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 and things aren't right. And it's, like, it's like a wound. We walk around with this wound and, and we slap a band-aid on it and we think, well, that fixed it. We never treat it for what's wrong with it. We never put any Neosporin on it. We just slap a, it, it's got some mud in it and some, some other stuff in it. And we don't wash it properly and we don't care for it. And we just slap a Band-Aid on it. And then it, it begins to fester. We walk around and somebody bumps into our Band-Aid and it starts to goose. That's real life right there. Or somebody rips it off and all of a sudden you got a problem in your this is real life we're talking about. Sorry, I don't candy coat much. And we just, we just can't get it out. Or that we can learn how to express it. And this is not venting. We, we express it by, first we take a breath and we breathe. And then we, we think before we speak and we, we wait 24 hours to say anything say I'm not going to say nothing this time I'm going to go and I'm going to pray about it and I'm going to talk to God about it and then we pray and we worship and then we seek godly counsel on how we should handle this situation and then we don't talk about the source we go to the source and we forgive and we make things right in our life that's the proper way we take it out number four number two <laughs> number four, number two. You're a fool if you spend whatever you get. Proverbs 21:20 20 says, "The wise have wealth and luxury, but the fool spends whatever they get." What are how are your spending habits in life? What are your spending habits like? Do you have all the latest Yetis in your life? Do you do you have do you have everything that everybody else wants? Now, luxury is great. It, the Bible even talks about it. Look. It, it says clearly right here: the wise have wealth and luxury. You can look at them and say, "Well, they need to give more money to God." Bless God. Well, the Bible says if they're wise, they have wealth and luxury, and they give to God because they're wise. They know how to use their money, and they use it wisely, and they don't just blow it everywhere they go. They keep, they keep it, and they save, and they, and they, they have 401ks, and, and, uh, they have extra sources of income. And I have people to ask me all the time, Pastor, you know. Uh, you must make a lot of money. I'm like, no. I just know how to save. I know how to invest. And let me, let me tell you a key about giving. God wants to bless you. And when you're faithful to the house of God and you give, he wants to bless you. But let me give you what the definition of insanity is. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting the same results. We go to the same job. We collect the same paycheck. And we have the same benefits. Now, God can give you raises. He can give you bonuses. bonuses. He can do all that. But we limit, we limit God to a one job, one income thing. We have no investments in our life that God can bless. We need multiple avenues of revenue in our life. My dad taught me this from a young age. I always have multiple streams of income. Bishop has taught me this from a young age. You want multiple streams of income. I have multiple things I do. I buy land. I sell it. I do all kinds of stuff. Because I'm going to tell you what. My normal job or I get a normal paycheck isn't where most of my blessings come from. I tied on a $30,000 blessing this morning that wasn't from the church. Had nothing to do with my job as a pastor. But I'm telling you, multiple streams of income. Sometimes we tie the hands of God. Oh, God, why aren't you blessing me? I'm giving, but we give him no other sources of income. I different currencies. I sell them, buy them, sell them. You got to do stuff in your life to make make. Now, now don't gamble away money that you don't have either. You know, be smart with your money. Be smart with your income. But you got to give God multiple avenues to bless you. The more avenues He has to bless you, the more He can bless you in life. I'm just giving you wisdom today. Y'all want it? I promise you, there's not a wealthy businessman in this city that doesn't have multiple streams of revenue and income in his life you want to know how the rich get richer they're constantly investing they're constantly putting their money out there so that their seed can come back because if you never plant a seed it'll never grow in your life and that's a promise you've got to have seeds that you're constantly planting in other people's lives you got to have seeds that you're constantly planting in your church you got to have seeds that you're constantly planting in other fields I'm not limiting to myself to one field that's a 10 by 10 for everything that I have in my life. I want multiple streams of income. I want multiple things in my life. In fact, I love what the Message Bible says about this scripture. Valuables are safe in a wise person's home. Fools put it all out for yard sales. You got so much junk, you can't move around your house. and All of a sudden, there's a yard sale. got to have another yard sale. Stuff you bought one time, you put it on a shelf, and you've never touched it again. And every time you walk into that closet, you're bumping into it. It's just a waste. It's something you can't take with you, something you can't ever use in your life. Proverbs 14, 16. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on a second. Number one, you're a fool if you vent anger. Number two, you're a fool if you spend whatever you get. You need retirement. You need life insurance. You need all that stuff. A wise man stores up. In fact, it says a good man gives gives to his children's children in inheritance. That's a wise man. He's got enough that not only can he bless his children when he dies, he blesses his children's children. That's what the Word of God says. Number three, you're a fool if you don't think before you act. Proverbs 13, 16 says, wise people think before they act, fools do not. In fact, they even brag about their foolishness. Don't figure out the why, the why in your life after the act. Think about it before you. about it before you act Proverbs fourteen sixteen says the wise are cautious and avoid danger but fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence they don't think about the, the outcome they don't think about the coincidences all they think about is I gotta do something I gotta do it now and they just act on it they don't think about the why or what's gonna happen if they do this They'll never think about that. It's it's not a thought. It's just action with them. We have to think before we act. I think in this time and season that we're living in, the church needs to be the church. And I think we have to stand together. There's issues that are coming up that the church is going to have to stand on and set an example. But we can't be too quick just to get behind our podiums and just spout off stuff. We have to come together, and when we attack, it has to be correlated. It has to be in unity, and it has to be together. And that's what we have to do as families and as people. Somebody's attacking you. Think before you respond. Don't just blurt something out. First of all, we operate in love. We don't just operate out of anger or, or, or we're mad because somebody said something that offends our values. I'm sorry, but they've been fending the values of the church for thousands of years. And it's not going to stop today. But I know the end of the story. And we win. And so I'm not worried. I don't have a spirit of fear. Look, all these things that are happening, uh, the devil operates in two things. He operates in chaos and he operates in fear. Do not get caught up in them. That's what they want to do. The politicians and people are saying stuff and they want to get a rise out of you and they want to get you mad and they want to get you angry because they want to instill fear in your heart and they want you to react. That's what a fool does. Fools react. We stand knowing our God is good and we we take our words. It says the tongue is sharper than a two-edged sword. We take our tongues and we use them properly with thoughts, and we cut, and we're very decisive. And that's how we defeat the enemy, and that's how we win. Proverbs 13, 16 says, a common sense person lives good sense, but fools litter the country with silliness. Hmm, that sounds like Facebook. on a toe this morning (laughs) don't throw your business out to Facebook don't vent on Facebook this is what it says it says it says they litter the country with silliness don't litter your Facebook page don't litter, don't throw silliness out about there I'm being real now Be a responsible Christian adult with your your page. And remember, you sent your pastor a friend's request. I do not want to see some girl shaking her booty on Facebook. I'm sorry I love you, but I will hide you in the corner. And I'm not burying you under dirt either. (laughs) I'm just hiding you in the corner page. I don't want to see that stuff. I'm trying to keep my mind pure and holy so I can guide this church in a good direction. Help me help you. Amen? Number four, you're a fool if you make fun of guilt. Proverbs 14.9 says, fools make fun of guilt, but the godly acknowledge it, and they seek reconciliation. The godly acknowledge their guilt. They say, I feel guilty. I did something wrong. I'm going to make it right. That's what the golly do. But the fools, no, they don't acknowledge guilt whatsoever. They're not guilty whatsoever. In fact, they laugh at those who feel guilt. Oh, come on. I remember in high school, seventh grade, I went to a dance. They said, Ryan, you want a drink? No, I don't do that. I love Jesus with all my heart. And and I'm not going to do something that's illegal. And they started laughing at me. I can tell you what, they can laugh all they want. Because God's using me today. And I pray he's using them. I pray they've, they've got their lives right, and I pray they've ironed it out. But fools don't feel guilt. They don't feel guilt in their life. They don't feel conviction in their life. They laugh at it. They make fun of it. It's not enough that you vent anger and you spend everything you get and you don't think before you act, but you brag about it is what the Word of God says. You, bra- you don't feel no guilt. There's no shame in your game. Now, I'm not trying to convict anybody. I'm about God's grace and His love and His mercy that's every day, every moment of my life. I thank God for His mercy and His grace. I walk in it. His shadow abides with me. I I pray. I pray. I, I get up in the middle of the night, and I go to the bathroom, and I say a prayer when I'm going to the bathroom because I want God to be with me. I want His grace and His favor and His mercies overflowing in my life, and that's what I want for you. I want you to be able to walk in His grace and His abundance. In fact, I want to stay in His presence 24 hours a day because it says in His presence is fullness of joy. I know what it's like not to have joy. I know what it's like to be hurting in pain. I know what it's like not to have the favor of God if you feel like it's on your life at this present time. I know what that's like, and I don't want to live like that. And so I'm trying to help you get to a place so, so don't just shrug off anything I'm saying today. Realize we've all done these things I'm talking about today. We're all guilty of them. But there comes a place in our life where we have to feel the guilt. We have to feel the shame, and we don't be a fool about it and brag about it. We run to his altar. We cry out to him, Abba, Father, and his grace overcomes us, and his love overcomes us. And something happens inside of us when we handle it the way. And His presence overcomes us. And we walk out of church and we feel good. That's what He wants. I don't want anybody walking out of this place today feeling guilty or feeling ashamed. That's not what I'm getting at. When you feel guilty and you get ashamed, it, it's your little warning sensor like your gaslight in your car. If you disobey it enough, bad things happen. Especially this time of the year because it's hot and I don't want to push. Now, I got a Jeep. Thank God I got rid of it, and the gas gauge didn't work on it. That's Rick's problem now. And uh, But you, those warning lights and those little beeping sounds in your life that the Holy Spirit gives us called guilt and shame, we have to listen to them and heed to them so that we can walk uprightly before him. sitting in that church or in that altar call or maybe you've never felt this and and you're feeling it today but you just felt this this guilt on your life like maybe I need to accept Jesus and you just felt your heart starting to beat a little faster and something happening in your life and that's a good thing that's where we find love and we find grace and we find favor and all all that is wrong becomes right it's what he wants to do for you today three consequences of a fool today. First of all, a fool receives no honor. Proverbs 3.35 says the wise inherit honor, but the fools are put to shame. Fools find I want, to be, I, want, I want to be honored. You know a wise mother is honored. A wise father is honored. There's lots of fathers out there that aren't, aren't so-called real fathers. They're, they're stepdads, but they are real fathers. And, and they'll receive the honor one day that the, that the biological father should have got and never got. Because he wasn't a real father. But a wise father receives honor. A, a wise friend, a wise son, a wise employee receives honor, but fools never receive honor. Why? Proverbs twenty six eight says, honoring a fool is as foolish as tying a stone to a slingshot. That's pretty foolish. Let's read it again. Honoring a fool, we'll give you the redneck version this time. Honoring a fool is as foolish as duct taping a stone to a slingshot. It is stupid to try to give honor to a fool. You cannot do it. You cannot honor a fool. It's impossible. Our our hearts won't let us do it. You you ever tried to honor somebody you knew wasn't worth the honor? It it don't happen very easy. It's like tying a stone inside of a slingshot. You go to shoot it or you go to sling it, and it comes right back around, and it hits you right between the eyes. What would David have looked like if he said, I'm going to get Goliath. I'm going to tie my stone in my slingshot and I'm going to roll it around, we would read that verse, and we read that text, and it would read totally different than it does today. That's how it is when you try to honor a fool. It makes no sense. Number two, your life gets off track. That's a consequence. Proverbs 14.8 says, The wisdom of the wise keeps life on track. The foolishness of fools lands them in the ditch. You ever felt like your life was in a ditch? I'm biting my tongue right now. You ever felt like your life was in a ditch? They have a saying that's kind of similar to that. But if you feel like your life's a ditch, it's because you might be a fool. You might be doing foolish things. It's a serious place to be. You get in a ditch right now with all the rain we've had, and it's going to take tow trucks. It's going to take acts of Congress. It's going to take lots of plywood to get you out because it's muddy. That's what it's like to be a fool. The wisdom of the wise keep life on track. They stay right between the lines right on the highway, wherever they're going. They don't swerve. They don't take detours. They just stay slow and steady right where they need to go. And they just keep driving. And everything's always good because they're wise. But you'll meet those people in life. They're always in a ditch. They always have the newest issue going on, the newest problem in their life. And you can throw money at their problems. You can do anything you want to try to help them. But for some reason, it never helps. You cannot help a fool, because the foolishness of fools lands them in the ditch. In fact, the New Living Translation says, The prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. Not only do they deceive others, but they deceive themselves. They can't stay on the right track. Fools think they're on the right track. They think they're just like the rest of traffic, going down the highway, texting and doing everything they shouldn't be doing. And in the di- I don't know why I'm in the ditch. I have no idea, officer, what happened. I just looked up and I was in the ditch. I might have passed out. I don't know. Something happened. Fools don't even know why they're in the ditch. They're just in the ditch, and they stay in the ditch. They they may get a little traction every once in a while and start heading back for the road and all of a sudden they hit a wet spot again they're back in the ditch. Because that's what fools do. Number three, a fool will never see their dreams come true. Proverbs 13, 19 says, It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. You have to be able to realize Come to a place in your life, say, I have guilt. I have some stuff that's not right in my life, and I need to get rid of it in order to attain what God has for your life. It's with clearly what the Word of God says. Jeremiah 20, 11, we all quote it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. We speak it over our lives, but I want to tell you what, a fool can even declare this statement and it will never come to pass in their life because they never, they never heeded to the guilt and they never got rid of the evil so they could attain what God had for them and it's sad and it's true. We wonder, God, why is this going on in my life? Why is this happening to me? I'm a good person, God. I really am. You know, I. I do good things, I, I know I know I got mad at them, uh, I, I know I did some wrong stuff, and I know I ain't asked for forgiveness, and you know, I'm going to do it again next Friday night because it's fun, and we wonder why we can never get our life back on track, because like I said last week, for a fool, evil is fun, bad things are fun. For a fool. Clearly says that in Proverbs 2. Because he refuses to turn from his ways. We have to refuse in our lives to be destroyed by complacency. We have to come to a point in our lives where complacency is no longer okay. Where it's no longer okay to do whatever it is just because it's fun. It's no longer okay to live any way we want to live. It's it's not okay. We've got to come to a place where it's not okay just to spout off and to blow up and to to get mad and just to throw our money away at anything we want to go buy. There comes times in our life where we have to heed the word of God, and and we want to do what's right, and we realize we feel guilty, and we we feel these things in our life for a reason that God's giving us a warning sign, and he's giving us a flashing light that says stop in our life so that we can move forward to where he wants us to go. In Luke 12, Jesus is teaching and someone from the crowd shouts a request and says, "Teacher, teacher, please tell my brother to give me half of everything from my father. Please tell my brother to give me half of my inheritance. Please Jesus, can you can you tell him to do that? Tell the tell tell my brother to split my father's estate with me." And Jesus Turns around and, and says this statement, who made me the judge? And then he gives him another statement. He said, a guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And then he goes to tell him a story of a rich man with a great farm that produces fine crops. And On this farm, this man is having such a great year. His barns are full. He has nowhere to put the excess. He has excess upon excess. And so he says, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And I'll have enough that I can live for years and just sit back and just enjoy my wealth. I'll just take it easy. I'll relax and I'll be happy. And here's what Jesus is saying. The man is only focused on things in his life, accomplishing his goals, making money, building his own kingdom. But God said to him, you will die this night, and who will get everything you worked for? Luke 12, 21 says, yes, a person is a fool. And this is Jesus speaking. A person is a fool to store up wealthy or earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. It's more about money. It's it's more than just about having fun and being foolish. It's more than just about uh, having anger in your life. It's more than just about uh, spouting off on those who are around you and trying to hurt somebody. It's more than all of that. God wants you to attain something in your life. The scripture is basically saying you're a fool if you don't have a relationship with God. God wants to give you everything that we've talked about. He wants you to have wealth and luxury. He wants you to have good things in life. Now I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel here but I'm telling you, God wants to take care of you. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to have fullness of joy. He wants wants all this stuff for you to be attainable. But he's saying there's a couple little things in your life. There's a, a little guilty life that comes up and it it flashes and you haven't been living or you haven't been doing things always right in your life and it's time to repent. It's time to to, to move forward. And most of all, it's time to have a relationship with him. You know it says no man comes to the Father except for through the Son, which is Jesus. Jesus came just for you and he wants a relationship for you.